Welcome to Deborah Byrne Psychology Services Podcast. I am Deborah Byrne, a psychologist and your host for today. In my podcasts, I talk about a wide range of topics, including relationships, parenting, education, disability, mental health, and the most important topic I consider of all, self-care. I like to keep it informative and practical so that you can become empowered. This podcast is for adults and is for informational purposes only and should never replace your regular therapy sessions. Episode 123, Self-Care, Parenting a Child with a Chronic Illness. Looking after a chronically ill child can be very physically and emotionally draining as a parent. It is certainly an emotional roller coaster filled with moments of both sadness and joy. The physical challenges for a parent can be one of the toughest you'll endure. You can find yourself and your family isolated and alone in these duties. You'll also have to deal with your child's and their siblings' emotional needs, plus the impact that a prolonged illness can have on the entire family and your relationship with your partner. Self-care in this case goes beyond what I consider the normal as you also have to tackle a few other emotional issues you're facing. In this case, self-care will also include explaining to your child and their siblings about the long-term illness, helping them tackle their emotions and behavioural issues, while also helping yourself. Why would I include these in self-care? Because self-care is all about taking care of yourself, and helping your child with their issues will of course help you. You cannot hide their illness or its effects on everyone in the family unit. This is avoidance at best and will only impact your stress levels and your mental health detrimentally. Self-care will, of course, for you and your family, probably have to adjust to accommodate your ill child. But it doesn't have to go completely by the wayside either. Oftentimes we neglect ourselves in favour of our child, failing to realise that neglecting ourselves impacts not just us, but them as well. How do you explain long-term illness to a child? First things first, how do you explain an illness to your child and their siblings? With honesty, this is vital. Yes, you do have to use age-appropriate language. There is no way you can hide how worried, fearful or stressed you are from your children. They will pick up on it, no matter how well you think you're hiding it. It is important for your ill child to understand their illness and what is happening or going on or going to happen in relation to this. You need to explain things as or before they happen. Make sure you understand what everything means. It can get complicated at times, but there is usually a specialist nurse who will explain everything to you. That includes explaining medical tests, treatment, who the doctors and nurses are, etc. Nothing will frighten your child more or their siblings than being kept in the dark. Be clear in your answers to the questions they have, but allow these questions to arise naturally and from them. So never force any questions and use age-appropriate language. Be as reassuring as possible about any treatments and that you will be there with them. Most hospitals ask parents if they wish to tell their child alone or with the help of medical professionals. The decision is, of course, yours as the parent. Helping your child tackle tough emotions. Helping your child with difficult emotions can be quite the challenge for parents, but now you're adding a long-term illness to the mix, and that makes things harder for everyone involved. Remember, you are not a super parent, and you don't have to be one either. In fact, they don't exist, and you can, at the end of the day, only try your best. 
So if you feel you and your partner need help or one of your children needs help dealing with emotions or any part of what is happening, please ask for support from your GP or other medical professionals in the hospital. They can refer you to a therapist or you can self-refer. Communication is going to be vital here. As you can imagine, your sick child and any siblings will need support expressing their feelings around what is happening. An illness never happens in an isolated manner and every member of the family is affected. Giving the child opportunities to express their feelings, concerns and fears is very important. Using active listening techniques is more important now than ever. I have discussed active listening and good communication in a previous podcast. You'll find a link to it in the original blog, which I'll post below in the description. Communication doesn't always have to be verbal, and you can use music, stories, writing, poetry, film, drawing as an outlet. Always remember to remind your children on a regular basis they are not responsible for their or their sibling's illness. Ask your child what their experiences are like and listen carefully to their response. Again, not all responses will be verbal and you may need help interpreting this. Some issues may come out as nightmares, school problems, sleep difficulties, reverting back to an earlier age, getting more clingy, etc. Never force a conversation. It has to come up naturally and on the child's terms, not yours. Watch your perceptions here, especially with teens. Many questions may not be easy to answer and it is better to be honest and say you don't know if that's the case. It doesn't matter how old your child is, they will need time to adjust to a diagnosis. Sometimes we forget that a teen may have a harder time than we expect here because of our perceptions. At the end of the day, remember that a child just needs your love and the knowledge that you will be there for them no matter what. It is not unusual for you and your child to go through a whole range of emotions, particularly at the start. These may include feeling sad, anxious, depressed, angry, afraid, or even to deny that they are sick. Please think about getting professional counsel. You see signs that these feelings are interfering with your or your child's daily function. Or if your child seems withdrawn, depressed, has trouble with eating and sleeping, unrelated to any illness. Handling behaviour issues in an ill child. This is perhaps the most trickiest for parents to deal with. As a parent of a sick child, we will give them TLC. We can let behaviours that we would normally set limits on slide, but children need routine and still need limits set on their behaviour. Using the excuse that my child is sick so I cannot discipline them is nonsense. It will also be one sure way to cause further problems with siblings. This means we have to stick to normal routines as much as possible, avoid overindulgence and keeping to the house rules. Giving in will only mean that returning to daily activities for your child will be harder once they are better. So once your child leaves hospital, getting back to normal is the goal. How to deal with siblings. Dealing with family dynamics when you have a sick child can be like traversing a minefield at times. The old normal will be exchanged for a new normal routine that includes hospital visits, GP visits, medication times, etc. Everyone's schedule has to change and at times you may feel very guilty neglecting your other children. Family and friends can help here, especially if your child is close to any one of them. 
accepting help can mean you can take time out to be with your other children you will feel guilty if your sick child cannot attend family outings but you also need to balance that with grabbing what time you can with your other children siblings should continue to attend school and their usual recreational activities if possible this can be very hard as you are trying to deal with hospitals etc but engaging family and friends at this time will help your child keep their normal activities and school routine remember to keep the school informed as to what is happening they can keep you informed about any behavioural changes and will understand better if your child has sudden outbursts or breaks down crying it's common for siblings to feel angry sullen resentful fearful and withdrawn aggression at school or home is also not unusual please be aware that your child can feel left out because of the demands of their sick sibling reassurance and some quality time will go a long way to help resolve this it may also help if you include them in hospital visits meeting staff etc it will help reduce their fears and make the whole process understandable but you need to do this with awareness of their age and maturity self-care for you as a parent the stress involved in caring for a child with an illness is considerable so stress reduction is vital plus so is keeping your basic self-care and healthy boundaries in place self-care at this time has to involve much more than simply looking after yourself as i said at the start it means taking care of or reducing as many worries fears and feelings of guilt you may experience some ideas you might like to try one keep a journal it will help you get your feelings out there is nothing worse than keeping things locked in our head when we enter that negative cycle we end up damaging our self-confidence feeling stuck stressed or anxious a brain dump can help you get it all out we can use this exercise to help us go back to sleep or to pick the next quick step or short task that is important to achieve a quick brain dump is a very simple exercise where you simply start dumping out everything that comes into your head as you write to-do lists appointments tasks you might need to do phone calls you might need to make and then any emotions or thoughts that are coming up for you as well just simply set aside a few minutes and write down as much as possible out of your head down onto paper so that you can give your brain a rest two practice meditation and steal moments to relax when you can you can also try the three minute breather as a great quick on the go stress relief technique it can be used in any situation when you feel you're stressed anxious or emotions arise that you need to calm down quickly it is based on the 7 11 technique and you can try a free starter session in this podcast series I recommend it if you have a difficult time meditating as you can complete the whole thing in three minutes. Three, don't be afraid to have some fun with family and friends. Take time to laugh every day if you can. Even a quick chat on the phone with someone can make all the difference. Four, take time for your relationships, family, friends, partner and children. Recognise that everyone deals with illness and stress related to the illness in different ways. Make time to connect with others as sometimes we tend to withdraw in times like this. 5. Ask for support. It's okay to rely on family and friends plus accept helps of offer here. You can't do it all by yourself and you are certainly not alone. We all need four types of social support anyway in our lives every day. 
These include emotional support, tangible support, informational support and social needs. I've already written a blog and done a video on these and you can find a link to what these are and how you can build these types of support into your daily life through the original post. There's a link below in the description. Six, make sure you have help if you need it in terms of finances. So ask about your rights and entitlements from social welfare, medical cards, etc. If you have financial difficulties, then speak to MABS. They can help you get your finances in order and speak to any creditors. Asking for this kind of help allows you to have one more thing you don't have to worry about. MABS and social welfare and medical cards are related to Ireland only, I'm afraid. But there may be similar organisations where you live. 7. Join support groups for parents. These groups are a wealth of information and support for you now. Don't get caught up in any of the politics within the group. You don't need that now. Just take what information and support you want and leave the rest. There are usually many support groups for a variety of illnesses and disabilities. If you Google your child's illness or disability, you'll find a support group in your locality. 8. Utilise support from the hospitals and local professionals. You are part of the team that is there to look after your child. Keep a small notebook to use when you have meetings about your child's treatment. Use it to make notes of questions you might have and responses from professionals. If you don't understand anything there, is usually a liaison nurse that you can go to to check anything you don't understand. It's also helpful if you bring someone with you to appointments that can make notes for you as you ask the questions. 9. Break any problems down into manageable parts. Treatment may take time, but you need to plan your life to go around this. At first, things will be overwhelming, but then it settles down into a routine. Use this to plan your week or your month and make sure to break down anything into small, manageable, actionable steps. 10. Get counselling if you need it. It's important to recognise when you are struggling. It's okay to ask for help. So please speak to your GP if you need to and they will refer you for counselling. You can also refer yourself. Work with me. Remember you're allowed to ask for support. No one is an island. If you need extra support then you can also work with me. We all struggle with stress and overwhelm from time to time. If you find this has become a problem for you and you'd like some support then schedule an appointment with me. There are links to many helpful blogs, podcasts and videos in the original post. I'll place a link to it in the description below. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. This podcast is also available in a blog format, which you can access at www.deborahbrownpsychologyservices.com. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to this podcast, follow me on social media at DB Psychology, or subscribe to our mailing list, which is full of freebies and keeps you up to date on the latest blogs and podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week 